Watson. And this game is underway with a bang. This is where the lacrosse area gathers to talk Wisconsin sports. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Join in by phone or text at 796-2558. Now, here's Grant Bills. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Hope you had a good weekend. Glad to have you here. I had an awesome weekend, and we had a very busy weekend. I don't want to be that radio host, cliche, broken record. What a busy weekend, but it was. We had a lot going on, especially in the world of basketball. Big hoop weekend, uh, which I was a big fan of, unless you spent your time uh, watching the uh, the new AAF, The Alliance. So We did have some football on this weekend. I would imagine, I wasn't listening this morning, I would imagine Dave and Scrady covered that at length this morning. Uh, so I'll spare you the uh, the AAF talk, at least for today. Maybe we'll get there later on this week. we got to talk some basketball. Just about every team in our state, in our town, was doing something uh, of importance this weekend. I guess we'll start. I, I like when Scott Van Pelt does this. I don't make an effort to do this every show, but sometimes uh, I just got to do it. You know, he does uh, starts to show the best thing I saw today. Well, let's apply that to the weekend. Best thing I saw this weekend was not the Badgers, even though they lost. Uh, so I guess they were kind of out, out of their running anyways. It's not Marquette, which we'll talk about. It's not the Bucks who we'll talk about, or the Brewers. It was actually UWL. It was the women's team. Uh, not only did they, they give it to Eau Claire pretty good on Saturday, uh, but they did so in a pretty impressive way. The, the freshman from Onalaska, Emma Gamoki, hit nine three-pointers. That's a WIAC record. And she hit most of them. I don't remember the exact stat. I think she hit six or seven of them in the first half. I mean, she was on fire. She lit the place up. Uh, and uh, UWL gets the win over Eau Claire, 62-50. So that was the best thing I saw this weekend. Emma Gamoki, uh, the Onalaska product, continues to have a superb freshman campaign. And it doesn't hurt when you're setting WIAC records as well. She also... Had a bunch of steals. Uh, I think she had four steals. She was all over the place. Very active, not only shooting the ball, but on defense as well. Uh, And obviously impactful in that game. They knock off Eau Claire. So the women's team is playing great. The UWL men have kind of fallen on rough times. A couple of losses here, but the women are picking them up. So uh, I'm sure we'll talk about both of those teams moving forward. What I really wanted to focus on this weekend, well, it was kind of threefold. The Badgers... The Bucks and the Marquette Golden Eagles all played this weekend, and I took away something from all of those games, and I'm doing a little soul-searching. Doing a little soul-searching yesterday and on Saturday, and I have some questions that I don't know if I can answer, so I'm going to ask for your help today. 608-796-2558 is the five-star telecom talking text line. I'd love to have you. Twitter's wide open as well, at Keystroker Grant, at WKTY. Either Twitter account will work. Uh, for you to, uh, to get in touch with the Wisco Sports. So let's start with the Badgers. They lost to Michigan, and I'm not just here to recap scores because you watch the games, you can look at the scores, you can look at the box scores, you can do all that. Badgers lost 61-52. That score doesn't exactly indicate how close of a game it was. It was a battle down the stretch. Uh, Wisconsin obviously missing some free throws at the end because what kind of 2018-2019 Wisconsin Badgers team wouldn't. And then Michigan hit, hit a couple breakaway buckets to the end to make it look a little bit bigger. So it was a nine-point deficit for the Badgers, all said and done. But most of the game was back and forth right you know, within a point or two or three. 61-52 really doesn't indicate how close it was. Nonetheless, I, I, there are some things to take away from that game, and, and we'll get into that. The Bucks, uh, they won. They had a, a back-to-back. So they played uh, on Saturday, or excuse me, on Friday night, and then on Saturday... Friday went well. Chris Middleton didn't play. They still beat the Mavericks 122 to 107. Uh, Saturday, not so much. 103 83 was the final score. That was ugly. Now, Giannis didn't play. Giannis rested, but still, uh, the caliber of team that the Bucs are. And, and you know what? We don't see the Bucs without Giannis a lot. So maybe that's just the team they turn into without their MVP. 
But we're going to talk more specifically about that game coming up at about 5.30 because Giannis did rest on Saturday. Now, I don't know if that was a personal decision that Giannis made or if Coach Budenholzer said, hey, we want to give you tonight off. We want to save your legs. He obviously, I mean, he is the type of player who, it takes a little bit of a toll on his body. He's not a finesse shooter. You know, he's in the paint working for a lot of those points. So we're going to give you the night off on the back-to-back. And a lot of people were unhappy about it. So we'll talk about that at 5.30. But the Bucks, 1-1 out of 2. They play tonight, 7 o'clock tip against the Bulls. They're in Chicago tonight, so you can hear that on WKTY. And then, to be honest, and I know I, the best thing I saw this weekend was Emma Gamoki and, and the UWL girls team, and I'm going to stick to that. But one of the other highlights of this weekend was Marquette. They won 66-65 over Villanova. At home, Marquette sits at 10, Villanova at 14. Now, Marquette's 20 and 4. And this is the soul searching that I've had to do, the questions that I've had to ask myself. I have never been in a position to be a Marquette fan in the sense that I watch regular season games and read about them and watch highlights and do all those sorts of things. I always want to see Marquette win. They're they're a team that's in our state. But I am outside of that little bubble that is Milwaukee. I think the majority of the state is Badger fans. And then you get into Milwaukee and it's a different story. But outside of Milwaukee, I I feel as though we're all Badger fans. But at the same time, come tournament time, you know, after that that preseason or should I say pre-conference season matchup, we're okay seeing both teams win, right? It's not like I cheer for Marquette to lose just because I'm a Badger fan. Now, I know some Marquette fans, you know, hate the Badgers and vice versa. I am not one of them. I like to see Marquette win. This season has been a little different. I have found myself cheating on my Badgers just a little bit. Found myself tuning in. Okay, what's Marquette doing? What's Marcus Howard doing? What are the Hauser twins doing? And maybe you're not a Marquette fan, and that is fine. I'm not going to alienate you from this conversation. We're not going to talk about Marquette explicitly, but we are. I, I want to talk about this a little bit. The Badgers and Marquette, they are both college basketball teams. They are both in a, a major conference, although the Big East is slightly smaller. It's not exactly comparable to the Big Ten, but it's not like it's the Sun Belt Conference, right? Or the, the Mississippi Valley Conference. They're on the same playing field. They play two completely different brands of basketball. 100%. You're watching two different play styles, two different types of players and recruits that are coming in. I want to compare them a little bit. Because I think it's fun. Because I think it's interesting. And, and if you have not watched a single Marquette game this year, don't worry. Because you're not going to feel left out of this conversation. Much like you're not going to feel left out if you haven't watched a single Badger game this season. But I want to compare these teams. Because recently, and and look, the Badgers have been winning games. They're on a crazy clip. Before Saturday, I believe they had won six or seven in a row. That's called a winning streak. Yeah, they were, they, they've been playing fantastic basketball. So it's not like I'm, I'm jumping on a bandwagon. Well, maybe I am jumping on a bandwagon a little bit. I'm not leaving the Badgers because they're playing poorly. Arguably, they're playing some of their best basketball of the season right now. And I still feel myself looking over the fence a little bit. Okay, what's Marquette doing today? What's the Mar- what's Marquette score today? How many did how many did Marcus Howard have? Oh, he had 38. Oh, like I, I feel like I'm cheating on my Badgers a little bit. Just looking over the fence, looking over at the party next door. And I'm not going to leave my Badgers. And I, I don't think I will ever be primarily a Marquette fan. But I'm interested Because these teams, like I said, play in comparable conferences. The Big Ten is a little bit bigger top to bottom. You don't have the DePauls and and the the St. John's. I mean, those are the lower levels of the Big East. The lower levels of the Big Ten are still major schools. Rutgers, you know, Maryland, even though their athletic programs have not been superb, they're still huge universities. St. John's, DePaul, not so much. But at the top, they are comparable. Marquette, Villanova are comparable to the likes of Michigan and Michigan State and Wisconsin. So let's just let's compare these two teams because, like I said, their play styles are could not be more different from each other. Marquette plays a much more NBA style of basketball. 
the Badgers play something that's more comparable to a high school team, if I'm being completely honest. And I love the Badgers. But I've had more fun watching Marquette, even in the even in Wisconsin's wins, even in their biggest wins so far this year. I have turned around later that day or the next day and watched the Marquette game and thought, man, this is fun. These guys are ballers. They're fun. Not that the Badgers aren't. Maybe I guess that's what I'm saying. Maybe I'm coming to terms with that. But I want to compare Marquette. I want to care the, the, compare the Badgers and the Golden Eagles. But maybe in the bigger picture, I want to compare. If you're a basketball fan, do you prefer college or do you prefer the NBA? Because let's be real here. The Badgers don't play a pro style of basketball. Their best player really is, is not an NBA prospect at a high level. He's a tremendous college player. But Ethan Happ, as of right now... His game is not going to transfer to the pros. Marquette and Marcus Howard, and the and obviously we can look back at Henry Ellenson, who is the Rice Lake product. They've got pros. They've got pro-style players, and they play in a pro-style system. So here's my question for you. If you are a basketball fan, do you prefer watching college? Specifically, types of games like the Badgers and maybe Iowa and Northwestern would play? Or do you find yourself preferring the NBA style of play, like the Bucks? Would you rather watch a Celtics-Lakers game? than a Michigan State, I don't know, Minnesota game to keep it in the conference. Two different play styles, same sport, two different styles. What do you prefer? Because really, that's what we're talking about with Marquette. They play much a style much more similar to the NBA. I want to talk about this. 608-796-2558. More of the Wisco Sports Show coming up next year on WKTY. <laughs> Ethan Happ uh, said to me at the end of the, ga- at the game, I hope to see you again in the season. No, Ethan, I don't want to see you again the rest of my life. <laughs> That's John Beeline after the Badgers' loss to the Michigan Wolverines. That was on Saturday. 61-52 was the final score, and we're talking about it here on the Wisco Sports Show on WK2I. I'm your host, Grant Bills. Thanks for hopping aboard. Hope you're having a good night, and I hope you had a good weekend as well, despite how any of your teams may have fared. We're talking kind of a combination of a lot of things. The Badgers... Marquette, the Bucks, and we'll get to the Bucks more specifically coming up here in about 10 minutes. I guess I shouldn't lie. Right now, we're talking the Badgers and we're talking Marquette because they're two very different teams. And look, I know we have fewer Marquette fans on this side of the state, certainly than would be closer to Milwaukee. And I'm not anti-Marquette. I'm a Badger fan. I was born and raised a Badger fan. That will always be my team. But I don't hate Marquette. I don't consider them a rival outside of the day that the Badgers and the Golden Eagles actually play each other often early in the non-conference season. So I'm not against seeing Marquette uh, win. In fact, I will cheer for them when I watch them, especially later on in the season or in the tournament. And that's that's kind of what I'm grappling with right now. I I may ha- be having more fun watching Marquette. And that's a personal preference that we'll get into. I'd love to hear your opinion on this topic as well. 608-796-2558, the five-star telecom talking text line. I guess we should, we should provide some context to the situation in case you don't watch Marquette or you do watch Marquette, but you don't watch the Badgers. Let's, let me give you a representation and a picture of what I'm talking about. Let's look at this Saturday. Now, the Badgers lost 61-52. That score, in terms of this conversation, doesn't really matter. If the Badgers would have won 61-52 or won by two or three points, this conversation, I would feel the same way. I'm not down on the Badgers. In fact, they're playing very well right now. They've, they've had a great stretch of basketball, and they found themselves in the game on the road against the seventh-ranked team in the country and one of the best coaches in the country, in my opinion, in John Beeline. They were right there. I'm not down about this loss. That's not why we're having this conversation. As a sports fan and what I like to watch, I've found myself drawn in and and entertained by Marquette. Let's, let's put some perspective on the situation. So on Saturday, the Badgers were led in scoring by Ethan Happy at 18 points. 
And and we all know Ethan Happ's game. He is a monster in the paint, and he is very, very good in the paint. A great finishing package and better handles than I maybe have ever seen on a big man on Wisconsin. I don't want to speak way out of terms like he's one of the best handling big men of all time in college basketball. I'm only 20 years old, and my college basketball watching is geared to the Big Ten. I, I can't say that with certainty. I haven't seen a big man like Ethan Happ handle the rock in my lifetime that I can remember. Maybe you've seen it. That's not the point. Ethan Happ is an exciting player to watch, but he doesn't necessarily have an NBA-type skill set where he has a shooting package and a creation package behind the arc. He's great at finishing around the rim, and he is very, very good at that. As you heard John Beeline, 18 points. He had two blocks, 11 rebounds, uh, and he is a great passer as well. He only had one assist. I'm not looking into that too much. Reavers had nine points. Davison had nine Iverson had four, Trice had eight. It's, it's for the most part, fairly balanced. You have these role players pitching in single-digit points, and then off the bench, Kobe King gave us four points. Are you kidding me? Brevin Pritzel didn't even score. Aleem Ford didn't even score. Charlie Tom... I haven't looked through the box score in detail. Man, four points off the bench. But that, that plays into what we're talking about. Very low scoring. 52 points for the Badgers. And if you look at the team stats, they might be even more indicative. Field goal percentage was 40. I mean, they didn't shoot very well. Michigan shot 44%. That's not incredible either. Badgers shot two free throws and missed them both. They were 0 for 2. Wolverines were 7 of 9. A pretty ugly game. And and some of that is good defense and the style of play that these teams play with, but it's a lot of missed shots, a lot of turnovers, not very many free throws, not guys creating their own shots outside of Ethan Happ. A lot of, a lot of moving of the basketball without any flashy or fancy plays coming from players, and that's fine. That doesn't make it bad basketball. That doesn't make it wrong. But we're allowed to have opinions on what we're watching as fans. It's just... Ah, it feels like I'm watching a lower-level high school game. And obviously, it's all relative. These guys are much better basketball players than I'll ever be or that we have in high school. But when you put them on a stage and you compare them to the rest of college basketball, they aren't very skilled. And by skilled, I mean handling the ball, creating shots for themselves. Right? They let a, The offense do a lot of the work. Very slow and they flow a lot through Ethan Happ. For example, 24 of 59. That's what they were from the field. And 40%, that doesn't sound horrible, right? And it's getting close to 50%, which you'll take. But think of this. 24 of 49. That means they missed 20-plus shots, 25-plus shots. It's clang, clang, clang. It gets hard to watch, right? I'm not the only one who thinks that. Compare this. We look over to the Marquette side. <clears throat> Excuse me. Ethan Happ led Wisconsin scoring, uh, like I said, with, what was it, 18 points? 18 points. You look over at Marquette, <laughs> Marcus Howard had 38. Sam Hauser had four. Joey got shut out. John had two. And then this player, I'm going to be honest, and you know I don't watch a ton of Marquette. I've been trying. I don't even know how to say this last name. Anim? He had 18. A player on Marquette who I have never heard of in my life. Until I just looked at this box score. Because I watched so sporadically and on and off. He had as many points as the Badgers leading score. Oh yeah, and Marcus Howard had 38. And I watched highlights and I watched some of this game. Marcus Howard taking step back threes. Creating shots for himself. Finishing high off the window as he drove to the paint. I mean, it was fun to watch. 66-65. A little bit more scoring. A lot more entertaining. You look at the field goal percentage, Marquette, 26 of 51. That's what I'm talking about. That's still about 25 missed shots, but that's 51% from the field. I can I can live with that. They also were 7 of 10 from the free throw line, which blows Wisconsin out of the water. 
So I ask you this on the five star telecom talking text line 608 796 2558. Do you prefer when you watch college basketball? Do you want to see the grind it out defense attack the paint style of basketball or do you prefer the pro style? Because that's really what we're asking here. Do you prefer college basketball in its truest sense, which is what the Badgers play, or do you prefer the NBA? Because that's more of what Marquette, that's more of their playing style. And that's, you know, shown in Marcus Howard scoring 38 points in a college basketball game. It's ridiculous. Andrew said, I could never root for Marquette. The Badgers are competing every year for recruits. That's a good point, Andrew. And obviously in state superiority, which they are. It drives me crazy when Marquette beats the Badgers, as same with me. I have two uncles that went to Marquette, and in my own opinion, Marquette fans are obnoxious. I'm not going to disagree there. That being said, I have to prefer Marquette's pro style, but let's be honest, the Badgers don't really have the type of players that could excel in that up-tempo offensive style. The slow, uh, the slow-paced the slow swing offense allows the Badgers to beat any team any night, but it sure can be boring. Andrew, I agreed with absolutely everything you just said in that text. I do think Marquette fans are annoying. I do think they have this chip on their shoulder that the rest of the people and the Badger fans in the state hate them, which I do not think is the case. We just cheer for the Badgers. Now, I'm not friends with any Marquette fans, so maybe you have a little bit more of a bone to pick than me. And I do think, Andrew, and I, and I appreciate the Badgers' play style, and I've talked about it at length on this show, because the style that the Badgers play with, slow it down, play tough defense, force an ugly game, and that allows them to compete with teams who are superior in talent. Like Marquette, like Michigan, like Michigan State, Minnesota, all the teams, most of the teams in the Big Ten have superior individual talent to the Badgers, but their play style and the way that they attack opposition allows them to be in it every night. Now, that's been tough for them the last two years because they have been so poor in situational basketball. If you play an ugly style of a game, you need to be comfortable in close games. You need to be comfortable from the free throw line, which has given the Badgers some problems. But the, the, the state superiority and the recruits are something that I hadn't thought about, Andrew. If you are a Badger fan, you want ba- you you want Wisconsin to get those recruits. You want the Housers from Stevens Point. You want them at, in Madison, not in Milwaukee. Same thing with Henry Ellenson from Rice Lake. He was a lottery pick after freshman year. I was in high school at the same time. We were in the same conference. I watched him play. He was a freak. Would have fit beautifully right after Frank Kaminsky, right in that era, right? No, chooses Marquette. I, I get where you're coming from, Andrew. I, I think, and, and you talk about the style of play, I think the Badgers and Wisconsin look for players who are going to fit what they do, and Marquette, the same. Marquette likes flashy guys who want to go to the NBA. The Marcus Howards of the world who are going to put up 38 points, right? Henry Ellenson knew that he would be able to showcase his stuff in one year at Marquette, much better than he would be at Wisconsin, so he went to Marquette, he's a draft pick, the next year, and now he's playing in Detroit. I do think these two schools attract two different style of players, And I think that makes the ultimate product on the court look a little bit different. I appreciate the text, Andrew. In a perfect world, the Badgers would be great, Marquette would be great, and there would be enough recruits to go around, right? But uh, as Andrew points out, I just don't think uh, it works that way in a perfect world. Coach Wunsch says, Hap was 9 of 19 from the field with most misses at point-blank range. Best big man in that game was Teske. No, I agree. I mean, Ethan Hap, he, he he had 18 points. He didn't have his best game. He had a lot of assists or good passes that were not finished at the rim as well. Ethan Happ may not have been that the best player in that game. He might not have had the best performance. Ethan Happ is he is a special college player. And part of that is the, the restraints that his teammates put around him. Look, I, I'm not here to hate on Brad Davison or Demetri Trice. They're fine players. But, it, but it's a far difference from what the likes of Frank Kaminsky had on the perimeter with Sam Decker and Trayvon Jackson and Bronson Koenig. Koenig, the much better shooter than Jackson. And then even guys like Duye Dukin 
who was an NBA draft pick, and Zach Showalter, who knew his role. It was to stand and catch and shoot threes and play defense. The supporting cast for Ethan Happ is not necessarily what it was for Frank Kaminsky. It's not horrible, but it could be a lot better. Brad Davison, if I'm being honest, has disappointed me a little bit this year, and maybe that plays into it. I'm a Badger fan, first and foremost. But I'm finding myself looking over the fence, looking over into the neighbor's yard, saying, man, looks fun over there. Like, think of it this way. I'm I'm in my yard, and I'm mowing the grass, and I'm sweating, and I'm working hard and grinding it out. And then I look over the fence, and I see my neighbors lounging poolside in their in-ground pool, little slide, little fountain. I'm like, man, it looks nice over there. That's what I've found myself doing. I'm not leaving the Badgers. The Badgers are my team, and they're always going to be my team, but... I might have to start watching some more Marquette games because that is a fun brand of basketball. And what it comes down to, this whole this whole discussion that we've had, Badgers versus Marquette and the recruits and the play style and, and the, what the coaches do, all of it is moot because basically what it comes down to is, do you prefer college basketball? Ugly, defense, free throws, pr- full court press. Do you prefer that or do you prefer the NBA where they might take some possessions off on defense, they might be opportunistic on defense rather than playing good fundamental defense, but the scoring... But the ball handling and the individual play is so fun to watch. Do you prefer the NBA or do you prefer college? That's what it comes down to. That's the question that we need to figure out and answer. That's what it all boils down to. Badgers versus Marquette. It's basically college versus the NBA. I do want to talk a little bit of NBA. Uh, we, we have to take a break. The Bucks split a weekend back to back. One game without Middleton. One game without Giannis. And there's a lot of discussion going around, especially the second game. Giannis didn't play. He had knee soreness, so it was not a, a technical injury. It was, they're giving him rest. That's what it is. They're resting him on the second game of a back-to-back. A lot of people had a problem with it. The Bucks lost that game. They're playing tonight as well, so we'll kind of catch up with our Bucks, and I want to talk about Giannis and this whole getting a game off for rest, because remember, this is a big deal in the NBA a couple of years ago. It's kind of quieted down. This is the first time we've really had to discuss it in the state of Wisconsin and specifically in Milwaukee as it pertains to the Bucks. So we'll talk about that coming up next here on the Wisco Sports Show with me, your host Grant Bills on WKTY. A lot of credit to Orlando. You know, they played well. They shot the ball well. We'll probably put this one in the trash can and, and move on. That's Coach Budenholzer after the Bucks' ugly loss on Saturday night. They were without Giannis Antetokounmpo. It's been a big conversation piece from Bucks fans, and I guess Wisconsin sports fans as well. I want to get into it here. This is the Wisco Sports Show on WKTY 96.7 FM, 580 AM, and at com. You can always stream live as well. Bucks playing tonight here on WKTY, 7 o'clock tip-off there in Chicago, uh, 6.30 pregame. Uh, get you ready for the action. You can hear it all on WKTY. Saturday night's game was the big point of contention. Let's start with Friday because they played on Friday as well and they won. They were in Dallas uh, or, or were they in Milwaukee? Doesn't matter. They played Dallas. They beat them. It was uh, kind of a, a footnote game, in my opinion, a non conference game against an inferior team. And the Bucs won. Let's just, that's not what I want to talk about. I specifically want to talk about the Orlando game, which you heard Coach Budenholzer just talk about it. It's a throwaway game. Orlando played really well. They hit a lot of shots. We just didn't have it off the course of a back-to-back. So they lose to the Magic, 103-83. The day after beating the Mavericks without Chris Middleton, 122-107. That game was in Dallas. And then they hosted. Uh, hosted. So, And that is, a, that is a point of importance as well. They were in Dallas on Friday night and then playing at home against the Magic on Saturday night. It's not like they drove across the state. It's not like they drove to and from Chicago. I mean, that's a that's a bit of traveling to do, especially given the fact that they were in Milwaukee just a couple of days earlier. So it's not like they're wrapping up a West Conference coast trip. They went from uh, 
from Milwaukee to Dallas, back to Milwaukee, and then you're going to lose on the second game of that back-to-back, especially without your most valuable player, your MVP, Giannis Antetokounmpo. The most interesting part of this whole thing was not the box score, although a footnote, or maybe what should be considered more than a footnote, was Chris Middleton. I, I don't know, this was his game. Giannis was out. This was he, He's an all-star for the first time in his career, and he mustered up 11 points. He was minus 16 in his plus-minus. Malcolm Brogdon was the only starter who had a plus uh, side of that statistic. Plus minus meaning when you're on the floor, did you outscore your opponent? And if so, by how many? Or were you outscored by your opponent? And if so, by how many? Brogdon was the only starter. In fact, all four other starters were minus double digits in that category. Uh, Brogdon was plus three. When Brogdon's on the court, good things happen. I, I just like Malcolm Brogdon. Chris Middleton was the point of conversation. 11 points. You take away Giannis and you look, all right, Middleton, you're an all-star. What do you got? 11 points is not exactly tremendous. They lose 103 to 83, and Coach Budenholzer referred to it as a throwaway game. And I think that's wise, mostly because Giannis wasn't playing. So this is what I ask you. Uh, It's been a busy day. I've been calling on our audience a lot. And why not? We have a very, very smart audience who loves to chime in on the five-star telecom talking text line, 608-796-2558. Giannis rested. Let's call it what it is. He had knee soreness. Everybody's got knee soreness. They're playing a back-to-back. They play 82 regular season games. It's a grind. Everybody's sore. Giannis rested. And I'm not saying I'm against it or I'm for it. I'm not saying anything. But he rested. He was given the night off when the Bucs were playing in Milwaukee. And I think we have a really interesting perspective on this given the fact that we are across the state. So I ask you, do you have a problem with this? Let's say, and this is a very realistic opportunity, or uh, um, this is a very realistic scenario, should I say. This could very well happen. Probably happens all the time. We live about three hours from Milwaukee. It's not like we're driving back and forth for a game very often. You might do it once or twice a season, depending on how hardcore of a fan you are. I normally go to one game, whether that's in the playoffs or during the regular season. I try to make an effort to get over there once a year. You have planned, and because we are three hours away, it's not like it can just be a weeknight there and back. You know, it's either a weekend, you're doing there and back on a Saturday, Sunday, or you're staying overnight, which means you're going to have to take work off. If you got kids, you either got to bring them or you got to find someone to take the kids. Who's going to feed and water the dog while you're gone? If you're doing an overnight, it's it's kind of a production. I mean, I'm not trying to be dramatic. I'm not trying to play this up. It's a little bit of a hassle. I know because I like going to Bucks games and there's really no perfect way to do it. You're either driving six hours in a day or you have to make all these arrangements. I don't have kids. I don't have a dog, but I got class. I got work. It's a pain in the butt. So you plan ahead weeks, if not a month or two in advance to which Bucks game you want to go to, get your seats, where you want to seat. All right, what are we going to do for dinner that night? We plan it out. People who live in Milwaukee might be able to say, hey, you want to go to the Bucks game tonight? Let's see what they got on tickets right now. Let's check. Yeah, we can hit up, you know, we can hit up this, this or that bar beforehand and we can just have a fun Tuesday night after work. We'll go to the Bucks game. They can do that in Milwaukee. We cannot. We don't have that luxury. We can do that with Loggers game, right, right? We, we can do that with a lacrosse central game, but we can't do that with the Bucks. So when you go to a Bucks game, it's often kind of an excursion. Now, let me ask you this. If you bought Bucks tickets in November to go to a game in early January and you take work off, right? You plan your vacation day and you say, all right, the kids are going to stay with these people or you got to get a hotel room and you got to bring the kids with, right? And you get, then you got to get their tickets, okay? All right, we, we leave the pet behind. We got to get someone to feed and water the dog while we're gone or, you know, feed the cats, whatever it may be. It's a production. A couple months later, after this has all been planned out, news comes down the morning of. It's not like a, a week or a couple days prior. The morning of, the Bucks announced, all right, Giannis is out tonight. 
He has knee soreness. He's got the night off on a back-to-back. He is resting. Now, to people in Milwaukee, that might, that might not be a huge deal. So when I'm on Twitter, or I'm listening to a, to a Bucks pre- or post-game show, and people from Milwaukee are calling in and saying, I bought a ticket to see Giannis. I'm like, all right, easy, easy. But us on this side of the state, and I mean, you could second this for the Brewers as well. We have to plan this. We spend money or vacation days or a lot of time in the car to go see the Bucks. It's not exactly something we do every day. It's oftentimes planned way in advance. What does that say to you when the Bucks say, all right, now Giannis isn't going to play tonight? Bucks tickets aren't cheap this year. Does that bother you? I'll give my opinion, but I'd love to hear from you as well. 608-796-2558. The Bucks lost to the Magic 103-83. The Magic are eight games under 500, by the way, in case you were wondering, just to put it into perspective. It's not like they're the worst team in the league, worst team in the East, but they're no world beater. Bucks are 41-14. and 14. Teams aren't on the same level. The Bucks take one on the chin without Giannis. Here's where I stand on it. As sports fans, and as fans of anything, you buy a concert ticket, you buy a sporting event ticket, there is some risk that you're taking on that a player will get hurt. Like, same with the Packers fans who bought Week 17 tickets. You're saying, you can't rest Rodgers. People pay for those tickets. Well, when you pay for tickets, normally a little bit in advance, it's not like the week of, unless you're a Packer fan and you know, know a guy, you can't really snap decision, make plans like that. So you bought your tickets weeks or months in advance under the assumption that all your players are going to play, but you know there's always that caveat. Someone could get injured, something could come up, and you might not be able to see your favorite player. You might not be able to see Aaron Rodgers or Giannis Antetokounmpo. And I think with sports fandom, there, there's something to be said for that. Now, in a perfect world, this would never happen. And once again, I have no sympathy for fans in Milwaukee who say, well, I spent my hard-earned money on a ticket. Okay, well, that's one thing, but you drove 10 minutes. you know, Or you Ubered. Or you walked there from work in downtown Milwaukee. Let's not act... Like, your life has been inconvenienced in a major way. I'm not trying to play the victim on the far side of the state here, but when we go to Brewer games, when we go to Bucks games, it's a pain in the ass. Let's be honest. I love my Bucks. I wish I could go to, to 10 games a year. But do you know how much freaking work that would be? Do you know how much work it would be to go to 10 Brewer games throughout the summer? Ugh. One time, two times, that's good enough for me. And I love those teams. And it's just, it, sometimes the game isn't worth the payoff. It's a three-hour drive. You gotta make... You know, you got to plan ahead for work, what you're going to do with the kids, all sorts of things. And when your favorite player doesn't play, especially when it's announced the morning of, that's tough. And I understand that. I understand the struggle on this side of the state. But I also think we understand that when you get that ticket, you know there's a slight chance that your team, A, might get blown out like they did against the Magic. That's just, that plays into it. I went to the Bucks and the Brooklyn Nets last year with my mom. And the Nets were terrible. They're much better this year than they were last year. The Nets were awful. And the Bucks just played like crap and lost. And there's always risk in that. Just because you drove three hours across the state or spent your hard-earned money on a ticket doesn't mean your team is necessarily going to play well or win. Doesn't necessarily mean your favorite player is going to be healthy and play to the highest level. That's a risk we take on, but I will say, I, I got to think it's more frustrating for us on this side of the state than Bucks fans in Milwaukee. So I do feel with people who would drive all the way across the state, drive all the way to Miller Park from Eau Claire or from La Crosse or from Superior only to have a game canceled. I guess that wouldn't happen in Miller Park. They have a roof. Or to see all the good players rested. Or Giannis getting the night off because of knee soreness. That's tough. 608-796-2558. Let's go to the five-star telecom talk and text line. Caller, you're on the air. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Hey, Grant. Uh, this is awesome. Um, <sighs> I, I call her. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I can't really hear you. Your connection Your connection is is, is real spotty. Can we? Tr- let's try one more time here. Can you hear me? 
Yeah, I can hear you. <sighs> no, I no, I can't hear you. And I, and I'm sorry. Maybe you're, you're probably gonna have to call me back from a different spot. I apologize. Cell phones sound like crap. Why is that? <laughs> Cell phones have never costed more. That is the five star telecom talking text line. It's doing its trick. Just make sure that's good reception, right? So we can hear you. 608-796-255. If you want to try uh, maybe getting a better spot and call me back, go ahead. I appreciate it. But I feel for, for fans who drive across the state, who make plans to see their favorite athletes. But at the same time, I'd like to think most of us sports fans have pretty good perspective. We know things come up. We know things happen. And that's just the way of the road. Sometimes you got to eat it on an expensive ticket, and that just happens. It's unfortunate, though, when you plan it weeks or months in advance. It is. If it helps the Bucks win a playoff series, if it helps Giannis stay fresh and stay healthy and win as many games as possible, and not only get into the playoffs with a good seed and to win a first or second round series, I'm okay with it. Then again, I didn't have tickets to Saturday's game. I'd be pretty bummed if I had tickets to Saturday's game. I'd get over it. I think that's maybe the biggest message is we have to get over it. I'm more frustrated that the Bucks lost. That's really what it comes down to. So we've been talking Bucks today. We've talked Badgers. We've talked Marquette. We've checked just about every team uh, off of our list. What we haven't talked about yet is the Milwaukee Brewers. They made a move on, uh, oh, geez, two days ago. I believe it was on Saturday. They they signed an infielder who has been with the organization. I want to talk about that coming up next. But before we do, let's try the five-star telecom talking text line one more time. Uh, let's see if the connection's any better. Caller, let's try this again. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. Well, this is uh, your first. That, that was actually two callers in a row you're having trouble with connections. <laughs> Uh, I was the first one. You sound um, crystal clear. All right. Yep. I, I, I'm John. I was with. Uh, I was your very first one. Uh, <clears throat> just a thought. When a team says uh, knee soreness or a back soreness, and it's a home game and they're sitting, uh, one thing to keep in mind: they're generally playing down the uh, the uh, uh, how serious the injury is sure. or or the tightness in the muscle is the management and ownership and coaches are well aware of the fans coming to see uh which players in the need to put marquee players yeah uh on the roster during home games they they are well aware of that uh you know some would say that with uh you know I used to get mad about Ryan Braun sitting out during Brewers games on scheduled days off yeah. when he was just coming off an injury, you know. But they, when when it is a home game, they all teams are certainly aware they need to have their marquee players on the field or on the court. And when they say, well, they're sitting out because of uh, knee soreness and it's day-to-day, they're playing it down. Uh so that, that's just something to keep in mind before getting too irritated when you're not seeing marquee players. They're generally out for a reason. Yeah, and I think it, it it's a good idea, and I, I appreciate the phone call. Thanks for chiming in on the five-star telecom talking text line. I, I do think it it is a good piece of perspective to say, well, you know, Giannis has got a knee problem, but let's not make this any worse, and it has to be we can kind of play this off his knee soreness. We can just give him the night off on a back-to-back. It'll work out perfectly, and we can return to normal on Monday night or Tuesday night or whatever you have. I'm not against a scheduled day off. It stinks for people who buy tickets, especially people who live over here in La Crosse who drive all the way across the state, whether it be the Brewers, whether it be the Bucks. One thing I will say, in a perfect world, I think it's best to give those scheduled days off and those days of rest on road games whenever possible. And I understand for players like Giannis, uh, players like LeBron or Kevin Durant or Steph Curry, 
road fans want to see those players too. Like there are there are fans in Portland who are going to buy tickets to see the Blazers and the Bucks. Oh, Giannis might be fun to watch. Let's get those tickets. So you're never going to please anyone. But I often think it's think it's best to cater to your home fans first when at all possible. Maybe that's just one more wrinkle to keep in mind as well. If you got to give a scheduled day of rest, let's try to do it on the road and not upset your home fans who who you know they're going to say, "Well, we paid money for tickets," and that's true. It's a risk when you buy sports tickets. We all know that. But if at all possible, you like to cater to your home fans and your home crowd as much as possible. Staying in those home fans and home crowd, let's talk some Brewers when we come up to wrap up the Wisco Sports Show. They made a move earlier this weekend. We'll talk about that uh, in the final segment coming up here on the Wisco Sports Show right here on WKTY. Final segment of the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. Don't forget, later tonight, the Bucks play the Bulls. 7 o'clock tip, 6.30 pregame. You can hear it however you're listening right now. That'll do the trick uh, come 6.30 when the pregame gets kicked off. We were talking about Giannis, and Giannis will be playing tonight. It looks like Miritich is going to sit again. They're being real careful working him into the lineup. They need him healthy, hopefully long into the season and into the postseason as well. But we did have uh, some action, a lot of conversation, whether resting Giannis is a, a... Right or wrong, ultimately, the Bucks are going to do what they want, and ticket fans or Bucks fans and ticket purchasers are just going to have to get over it. Jason tweets in and says, just a thought on the Giannis situation. We get the schedule at the beginning of the year. We can easily see when the back-to-backs are, plan accordingly, and greatly reduce the risk of this situation happening. We will never eliminate 100%, though. Jason, you could not... And talk about putting the responsibility in the fans, in the ticket holders. Personal accountability, personal responsibility. I love that. When you're buying tickets, and look, you're never going to eliminate it 100%, like Jason says. Sometimes you don't have options on when you can go to games. Saturday night's the only night you can do it. So be it. It's the second half of a back-to-back. I understand that. In a perfect world, you want to you want to pick a game where the Bucks are rested, where everybody's going to be playing. It doesn't always work out like that. But if you really want to make sure, I'm driving across the state. I want to see the best game possible. The second game of a back-to-back is probably not ideal. So I, I appreciate that piece of perspective, Jason. Both at WKTY and at Keystroker Grant on Twitter. Both will do the trick. If you want to join the show, the Brewers have added a new piece. All right. It was Saturday. Free agency has been freezing cold, dead quiet in the MLB. And it's it's hilarious because Brewers didn't sign somebody who was like, when is, you know, when is Manny Machado going to sign? When is Bryce Harper going to sign? Not that the Brewers have really been thick into those conversations. It wasn't even a lower level player. It was somebody who's been retired for two years. That's how quiet baseball has been. That's that's the situation that the MLB currently is in. Uh, the Brewers signed their former former first-round pick, Brett Lowry, uh, to a minor league contract. The max number that he can make is about $7 million. So if everything goes swimmingly for Josh, uh, or Brett, excuse me, and he plays just as well as possible, and he moves his way into the starting lineup, and he has a career, he's an all-star. The most money he can make is about $7 million. So it's not a ton of money. The interesting thing enough, I was reading about Brett Lowry uh, because he was, back in 2008, he was the 16th overall pick. And that's a little bit before my, you know, I started really getting into sports a little bit after that. Uh, I'm only 20. So this is getting a little fuzzy. Their first round pick in 2008, he, they picked him as a catcher. <laughs> Brett Lowry was a catcher when they brought him up. And now he's, he's going to add to this infield depth. None of the depth is very good, by the way. You have... Uh, Spangenberg, who they signed, and Saladino is still there. Who knows what they do with the likes of guys like Nate Orff uh, and and Eric Sogard, who's now not really in the fold, obviously. But there's a lot of question marks, especially at second base. And that's given that Orlando RC is going to continue to play better because that's not a given. He could he could regress. He could take another step back. You don't know. Their, their infield has some questions. 
Uh, even if they end up bringing Mike Moustakis back, you wonder what they're going to do at second base versus third base. And I, and I think this move, and look, I'm not super invested into Brett Lowry. I'm not going to break down his whole career and read you his numbers because it just doesn't mean a whole lot. We'll see what he does in spring training. And I mean, his minor league contract, we'll see how much the Brewers even use him. Like I said, with the likes of Saladino and Spangenberg and all these other kind of mid-level guys that they have. This move is classic David Stearns, right? It's a total David Stearns move. And that's not a bad thing. I'm not saying that as a bad thing. David Stearns has done a tremendous job. I mean, he arguably, he had a really good case. I'm not going to say he was robbed. He had a great case for executive of the year last year. Unfortunately, the, the A's just had to win a bunch of games. David Stearns doesn't really... He doesn't really look like he wants to shell out money for guys and let his, unless it's the absolute perfect situation. Last offseason, he showed that when the guy that he wanted became available at the right time that worked for him and for the price that worked for him, he's willing to pull the trigger, but he's very picky. He's very finicky on when he wants to do these deals. And in the past, right, guys like Manny Machado have been available through the trade market. Right, They've had options. Uh, Neil Walker, they let him walk. And then they made do at second base essentially last year. They have had higher priced, bigger named options in the past, and they have selected not to pull the trigger. Last year's offseason and all the starting pitchers that were available in free agency is another great example. David Stearns will make a move. We saw that with Lorenzo Cain. We saw that with Christian Yelich. And by extension, heck, we even saw it a little bit with Jonathan Scope. I mean, let's not act like, I mean, they gave up a little bit of capital there. That wasn't like, here, take a bag of cash and we'll take a minor leaguer off your hands. That was a a tweet of some substantial uh, worth. So David Stearns has showed that in the time and in the place when it works for him and the price is right and he gets exactly the player that he wants, he'll do it. But he's not going to throw out a bunch of money or a bunch of capital, whether it be prospects or, or draft picks or what have you, for a guy that he only likes a little bit and at a time that isn't really convenient. David Stearns is picking his spots. I likened it a couple of months ago to just like a lion waiting in the grass. He's just waiting. Not exerting energy, running around, tracking everybody down. He's in on most of these deals. The Brewers' names is in on most of these players, but it's more of like an inquiry. He's just sitting there. He's watching. He's waiting. And look, I have no doubt that over the next two years or so, David Stearns will probably make another blockbuster marquee type move. But until then, until he finds that perfect scenario where the wind is blowing the right way and the price tag is perfect, and it's the time of day where David Stearns feels like doing it, and it is no doubt in his mind anything but a slam dunk move for the Brewers, he's just not going to pull the trigger. So he signs guys like Eric Sogard, or last year, Yoli Shasin, or Wade Miley, Brett Lowry, Spangenberg. They're all, you can lump all these players into the same echelon, the same tier of players for very similar, the price tag. None of these guys caught, cost a bunch of money. This is a total David Stearns move. And I think he's just showing more of what he already is. And that's a guy who is going to trust his gut. He thinks that whether it be Spangenberg or whether it be Brett Lowry, Lowry, he can catch lightning in a bottle for at least a portion of this season. Because we all believe, right, that at some point this is going to be Keston here's spot to get, right? Down the line, I mean, for all the hype that we've heard, or he's going to be traded for somebody who might take over that spot, right? But until then... Stearns is trusting his gut that he can maybe catch a flash in the pan with one of these guys. Quickly, John chimes in on the five-star telecom talking text line. He was out two years due to injuries. One, John says he's a dirty player. I watched him slide to the inside a second, raise his leg, and take out Alcides Escobar. John knows his stuff, so I'm, I'm trusting you here, John. And two, he likely won't make it out of spring training. But if he does, he's a very aggressive player that won't make good trade bait, uh, that would make good trade bait later in the season if healthy. And John, I think you you extend my point and, and the argument that David Stearns, this is a David Stearns type of move. A guy who maybe doesn't have a lot of intrigue, 
from other teams, doesn't have a very high price tag, and Stern says, all right, just for three months, if he could get hot, we can see it happening, and either we trade him away or we replace him with one of the prospects that we love or another trade partner or a free agent that we love more. David Stearns is just biding time. I appreciate you, John. Thanks for the insight, as always, on the five-star telecom talking text line. A lot more of all of this discussion to continue tomorrow. Unfortunately, we're out of time. Make sure to tune into the Bucks tonight. Until then, same time, same place tomorrow. I'll talk to you then.